Support the Love Thy Neighbor podcast network at anchor.fm slash Anthony dash Wilson slash support. Again, anchor.fm slash Anthony dash Wilson slash support. If you'd like to give a one-time gift, go to dollar sign A Wilson 2273 on your cash app. God bless you. Okay. So we're going to pick it up here. If there are no questions, comments, or concerns. Oh, we do have a hand from the Okay. Mrs. Hand up. Yeah. Hey, I just had a quick comment. I was listening to the news report about the missionaries that set themselves free. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've been following that, but yeah. they were saying that during the night they used the stars to guide them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty amazing, pretty interesting. To me. Yeah. yeah. In order to tell what direction to go in, yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. going on right now. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. So, you know, God, God can use anything. You know, if he can make a donkey speak, God can use anything. And, and especially because the uh, uh, I think it's Job that says he hung the stars in the sky, that he, 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 he fastened Orion's belt, you know, things like that. And so, uh, you know, nothing's outside of God's ability to speak. It's just, are we relying on those things? Or are we relying on God? Because some people can get caught up in relying on those things and just keep going to them instead of waiting on God. Just because he spoke that way in that situation doesn't mean he's always going to speak that way. So, yeah, that's good. Amen. All right. So the Messiah, the Christ, the anointed one, um, the expected one, Christ Jesus. And so we see um, the, the, the Old Testament. Um, we have the time of the patriarchs, the time of the conquest. That's when they took uh, uh, the land of, of Canaan and um, divided up the land. And we have the time of the kings, right? Time of the Kings. Um, we also have across from uh, just before the conquest, right after the patriarchs, is the uh, the Exodus. So where they come, they come out of um, uh, uh, Egypt. Uh, you have the judges, where they go in and out of captivity. Um, then you have the time of the Kings, where they finally have a king. Now Saul was the first king. Um, uh, that established a line of kings. Um, and then you have the time of the exile and the return. So they're exiled. Uh, it, we know about the prophecy uh, about the 70 uh, weeks, or the, the 70 weeks, and they're uh, taken out of, and they're going into captivity with Babylon, and then they're going into captivity with Persia. Under the Babylonians, um, they're oppressed and they are held down, but uh, in Persia, they actually begin to flourish. They actually begin to flourish, and uh, they were able to rebuild the temple. That's why uh, from the time of the return, it's called the second temple period as well as the intertestamental period. Mm-hmm. And so the second temple period 
is, uh, I think it's Xerxes or Ahasuerus. Ahasuerus uh, allows them to rebuild. He gives them papers so they can rebuild the temple um, so that they can begin worship again. And that's the books of Nehemiah and Ezra. You know, we, 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 know, we know the story. And so after that point where they're in Persia under uh, uh, Cyrus, uh, under King Cyrus, uh, there is a 400-year period of silence where there is no prophets, there is no prophetic revelation, everything goes silent. During this time period, a lot of things are happening. Um, there's a lot of groups, there's a lot of political things going on. Uh, people are grabbing for power because there's no prophets, so there's no one to correct them or give them revelation from the Lord. There are a lot of books being written. Uh, a lot of the books that people say, oh, these are lost books. They were left out of the Bible. They were written during the 400-year period of silence. And so these books aren't inspired because there wasn't any revelation. There wasn't any prophets to affirm. When you look at the Bible, the Bible is written by either a prophet or an apostle or someone directly connected to an apostle. That's it. There are no... Just so-and-so wrote a book. It was a prophet or an apostle that wrote those, those books. And so if uh, in this time period, if there were no prophets, there definitely weren't any apostles yet, then there was no one approved by God to write anything. So before I move forward, any questions? Uh, just shooting off real quickly. Yes. Is that the reason why Apostle Paul later on in Corinthians, he said that the foundation was laid by the apostles and prophets? Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yes. Gotcha. That's exactly why. Okay. That's exactly why. And so during this time period from uh, 400 years, um, let's see, you hit me. Yeah, and we got our hand from the mazes. Okay. Oh, do you want me to hit you? Yeah, hit it anyway. Go ahead. Amazing. Yeah, is uh, the intertestamental period, is that when a lot of the apocryphal books were written? Yes. Those are where all of those, bo those books were written. All of them were written. Except for the oh, okay. New Testament. So all the Old Testament, um, from the book of Maccabees 1 and 2, um, the, the Song of the Dragon, the Spell and the Dragon, the Wisdom of Solomon, and... The book of Enoch, one and two, um, all of those were written, and I'll I'll show you um, who some of the uh, who kept all those writings was a certain group of people um, who kept all those writings, and so we'll talk about that. So, yes. Okay. Thank you. So uh, the birth of Jesus, and we looked at this in Matthew chapter one, verses eighteen through twenty-five. The Old Testament recorded prophecy from uh, Amos in 700 BC to Malachi in 460 to 420 BC. The second temple was opened in 518 BC after the exiles returned from Babylon starting in 538 BC. And so that's that, that time change. Let me go back. And so that's right in here. So 538 BC is when they started to return. You go forward just a little bit and the temple was reopened somewhere around here. Um, and this is inside that intertestamental period. Okay? 
Um, let's go back. All right. There was no word from the Lord until the flurry of activity surrounding Jesus' birth. Uh, key verses for dating Jesus' birth in Luke and John from about 3 to 6 B.C., depending on the date of King Herod's death. And so we see that here. So right in this area is where Jesus uh, was born. Okay? And then the Gospels begin to be written, Book of Acts, and then Paul's epistles. Okay? Okay, so Second Temple Judaism, here are some of the main events. In 520, and this is B.C., the Jews return from Babylon and rebuild the temple. That's in the book of uh, Nehemiah and the book of Ezra. Um, 332 B.C., Alexander the Great conquers the Near East, and that's where Hellenization begins. And so Alexander the Great basically conquers the world as he knew it, Right? And brought Greek culture, and that's where you see in the New Testament, you might not have noticed it, but you'll notice it now in the book of Acts. It talks about the, 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 the Hellenist. And the Hellenist were Jews that had learned Greek culture, Greek language, Greek counting, um, uh, Greek culture. So that means if they learned Greek culture, then they learned about Zeus and uh, Hermes and Artemis and all of the Greek gods, the pantheon of Greek gods. And so that would have probably had some influence on their belief system uh, during that particular time. Okay? How much time I got? All right, we're doing good. All right, 167 BC, the Maccabean revolt uh, against Antiochus IV. Uh, one century of independence. And so they rose up against Antiochus. And so Antiochus uh, was so evil that a lot of people compare him to the Antichrist that is to come, you know, in, in the book of Revelations. And so they kind of viewed him as a form of the Antichrist because he, he uh, uh, um, uh, desecrated the temple. Um, he began to remove their worship after the, the Persians helped them get everything back together, and even Alexander the Great did not mess with their religion. He left the temple. He didn't do anything to it. It was Antiochus IV who began to come against the Jews and start stopping their, their worship and messing with their Sabbath days and all that kind of stuff. And during that time, they rose up and they fought. This is where the holiday Hanukkah comes from. It's a celebration of them defeating their enemies, um, uh, uh, Antiochus uh, IV. And so when they defeated him, they had this week-long celebration, which is Hanukkah. And so Hanukkah actually comes within that 400-year period. That's why you don't read about Hanukkah in the Bible, because it's actually not something that God ordained. It was something that the Jews did after they defeated Antiochus. Hmm. Are y'all tracking? <laughs> I know it's a lot, so ask questions yeah. if you need to. Go ahead. Wow, so 
that Maccabean revolt literally is their own Jewish independence. Yes, that's exactly what it that's was. That's what it is. That's okay. exactly what it was. So we have our Independence Day in America. Mexico has their Independence yep. Day. Yep, Cinco de Mayo. Cinco de Mayo. Mm -hmm. And this right here Hanukkah. is the Jewish Independence Day. It's Hanukkah. It's Hanukkah. Okay. Uh-huh. And you see it in the book of Maccabees. Yep, one century of independence. Wow. <laughs> wow, okay. And that century um, was interrupted by the Romans. <laughs> so the Romans rolled in, uh, defeated everybody, they conquered Palestine, um, uh, and they basically um, they, they basically uh, took over the world. <laughs> the Romans took over the world. Um, okay. So here are the, the religio politics, the political parties. So there's some very uh, uh, familiar names that you see up here. The Pharisees. How many know that the Pharisees were not in the Old Testament? The Pharisees came to be during the 400 years of silence. They were part of the political parties that tried to grab power because there were no prophets. There was no revelation from the Lord. So they jumped in and grabbed power. Um, the scribes. Now the scribes are part of Old Testament teaching. And we'll look at a scribe, a very popular scribe, very well-known scribe. Um, scribes, the, the, the Pharisees were all about, and I'll break down all that. So I'll just call out the names. You got the Sadducees who we know, we see them in the New Testament, they are bickering back and forth with the Pharisees. <laughs> That's kind of their nemesis. Nobody really messes with the scribes. Usually the scribes partner with the Pharisees, uh, and the Sadducees kind of are against, you know, the Pharisees, but I don't really see them against the scribes. But you usually hear people use the terminology, the scribes and the Pharisees. Okay? The Essenes. Now, um, Tim, the Essenes are the ones who um, kept the, the, the scrolls that were found in the, in the, in the Dead Sea. So we know the, the terminology of the Dead Sea Scrolls that were found at Kiram, and that was like their compound. And I'll, I'll talk about them a little bit more. The Herodians were a political party that was partisan to Herod. And so they were Herod's family members and friends. They were with him. Then you have the Zealots and the Sicarii. I can't wait to talk about them. The Zealots and the Sicarii, um, they were kind of the muscle. They were different type of Jews. They weren't, they weren't like your, your regular Jews. Okay? Any questions before I move? All right, hit me. All right, so uh, I put side by side, I found a slide where I could put side by side the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And so the Pharisees, um, their, uh, their push was for the law. The Sadducees, you know, focused on the temple and the temple grounds. That was kind of their territory. But the Pharisees would have been called the lawyers. Sometimes you see um, in the Gospels, it talks about the lawyers. That would be the Pharisees. That's the same people that Paul came from. Paul was a Pharisee. As a matter of fact, he says he was a Pharisee of Pharisees in um, Philippians chapter 3. Um, their job was the interpretations of the Torah. 
Now, you see how it's different? You got Torah alone for the Sadducees, but for the Pharisees, the interpretations of the Torah. And so the Pharisees, uh, because they're lawyers, they focused on how the Torah was interpreted. The Sadducees were just, this is what it says, that's it. Forget about interpreting it. That's just it. <laughs> you know, um, the Pharisees were probably middle class, whereas the Sadducees were upper class. These were the rich folks. You know, um, the Pharisees uh, believed in the resurrection from the dead. They believed in an after afterlife. Um, they also believed in angels and spirits. Um, we find that, uh, I should have wrote down those scriptures. Uh, we find that in the book of Acts, where Paul uh, is in the middle of a dispute. And he's in the middle of this dispute. And it, it shows that the Pharisees, who believed in the resurrection from the dead, they believed in angels, they believed in the spirit. Whereas the Sadducees, no resurrection, no afterlife, no spiritual stuff. They were just letter, 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 letter. Okay? Nothing supernatural. Um, the Pharisees rejected the Jewish leaders uh, because they were trying to be the Jewish leaders. Um, the Sadducees supported the Jewish leadership because they supported the temple. And the temple is where the leaders were and how the leaders were organized. The high priests served in the temple. And so they supported the Jewish leaders because they supported temple worship and things like that. Okay, any questions? This is, I'm hitting y'all with some high-level Bible context. This is what's behind the New Testament. So when you go into the New Testament, this is the backdrop. This is what's leading up to what you see in the New Testament. So when you're reading now, if you're really getting this, when you're reading, you'll understand the Pharisees and the Sadducees better. Okay? All right, hit me. Okay, so the Zealots... And the Sicarii. So who were they? Uh, they were a group of extremists. The Zealots were extremists from Jerusalem, uh, which existed before the destruction of the temple. And so in that second temple period, the Zealots emerged. And they were like, look, you know, they were uh, Malcolm and Martin, right? Aha, okay. So the Zealots would have been Malcolm. <laughs> they would have been Malcolm, right? And part of their group was the Sicarii, which literally means dagger men. <laughs> uh, uh, these daggers were concealed. They were called Sicae, and they were hidden underneath their cloaks. And they would use the daggers to murder Romans and Roman sympathizers. Dang. <laughs> Dang. These, these, these is a different group right here. These, like the these is the assassins and the... You know, uh, 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 the hired hitmen, and you know, He's like they, a Jewish black family. Yeah, they they were they were hardcore. Dang. You know, the zealots and the Sicarii, they didn't play. The rest of the Jewish Jews are arguing over what the Torah says. They're like, "Hey, we got to kill them. That's the only way we gonna get the kingdom back." Oh my gosh, one of the disciples <laughs> was a zealot. Yep. Okay. Questions, comments, concerns. Come on, y'all. Nobody thinks anything about that? I thought that, that was crazy. I, 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 yeah, I'm, I'll, I'll go ahead. There, there's one of the disciples in particular who was a zealot. 
Yeah. So before he even converted to Christ, he was literally out there like, okay, <laughs> I'm going on a mission. I'm going to smoke me so he's like. Right. Hey, <laughs> like, dang, bro. That, that's it. Yeah, the, 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 the zealots hanging out with the Sakari. Yeah, they was coming up. They were sliding up on you. <laughs> and they dealing out prison justice. They did right. <laughs> <Don't check. laughs> Yo, I mean, I, you know, definitely a trip. Right. Okay. No questions, no comments on that? Man. All right, all right. Keep it moving. The scribes. And so one of the most notable scribes is Ezra. Um, Ezra was a scribe. Um, and so what the scribes did, they were the keepers of the law. They were very meticulous about making sure that the writings were correct, that things um, were, were right when, when they came to uh, the New Testament. By the time the New Testament came, they had hundreds of years of perfecting, writing down the scriptures, writing down the, the law and the prophets. And so that was their job. They were the keepers of the law. And so, yeah, okay, awesome. <laughs> I don't know what they said. Uh, so Ezra was one of the most famous of the scribes. Everybody pretty much knows him. But if you look in the book of Ezra, there actually was a, a there were a lot of scribes um, that were on duty uh, in the book of Ezra. So if you just go to the book of Ezra, you'll find a list of all the Old Testament scribes. And that is one of the offices, along with the prophets, the scribes and the prophets that came forward into the New Testament. So thought process Would the scribes today be like the. Um the higher court, not so much the law part of it, but the Supreme Court making sure the rules and regulations are in place? Um, maybe. I mean, maybe. I think it's a hard, um, I think it's a hard comparison because they were focused on uh, the religion, the worship, and not necessarily you know, um, legislation. And so they were focused on making sure that everything was passed down correctly. They would be more like the historians. Yes. Okay. Yeah. That's what they would be. They made sure that everything was passed down correctly. They were very meticulous and, you know, their life was a life of sacrifice because that's all they did. Wow. Yeah. So they would be like what Jesus calls a spiritual eunuch, like their life. They might be. Or like they, a modern they, day nun. Yeah, they, they like might be a, a monk. A monk. Or okay. a nun because they dedicate their to, life. you know, studying the scriptures, writing it. And they're studying it so that they know that it's being, you know, brought forth to the next generation correctly. Wow. Wow. Okay. And, and think about that type of person. Wow. Um, Ezra was the one that said, look, all the foreign wives, divorce them, get rid of them. 
Because we have to do what this says. Man. <laughs> so scribes were kind of hardcore. <laughs> okay. No hands, no questions. Hit me. Okay, the Herodians. The Herodians, um, a member of the political party of biblical times, consisting of Jews who are apparently partisans of the uh, Herodian house. All together um, and together with the Pharisees, Pharisees opposed Jesus. And so the Herodians were a part of Herod's household. So we know that they opposed Jesus. They opposed John the Baptist. They opposed anything because they wanted Herod is the king. And so they supported him 100%. It didn't matter. Herod could be dead wrong. The Herodians had his back. If they had to fudge some information, if they had to lie, if they had to cheat, whatever they were going to do, they had to keep the Herods in um, office. So Herod, um, I think there was seven of them. <laughs> you know, there, there was um, Herod, Herod Antipas, Herod the second, the third, Herod, Herod the first Herod was Herod the Great because he was the one that... Um, was given power over uh, Jerusalem, and he. But then there was a succession of sons, three sons, and then I think there was three grandsons, and then there was another son whose name wasn't Herod, but he was a ruler also. So there's about seven of them. So this family. The Herodians were they in cahoots with the Pharisees? Um, yeah. When it came down to opposing Jesus. Oh, okay. But they were separate yeah. from the, okay. They yeah. Just, they just collaborated or they the, teamed up. Yeah, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay, gotcha. <laughs> okay. So they would join forces to come against Jesus. It's like we beat them, but let's come together. Right. Okay. All right. Gotcha. Any questions on that? <clears throat> so we're just about done. Can't believe I'm getting through all this. All right. An Essene, or the Essenes, uh, an Essene is a member of an ancient Jewish uh, ascetic sect of 2nd century B.C. Uh, to 2nd century A.D. in Palestine, who lived in a highly organized group and held uh, property in common. The Essenes are widely regarded as the authors of the Dead Sea Scrolls. And so... Um, they authored the Dead Sea Scrolls. Um, and so what you have there in the Dead Sea Scrolls, if you've never heard that terminology, I believe it's in 1945 or something, they found in um, this cave over in uh, Palestine um, all of these scrolls in these big, huge um, vases, vases, so to speak, uh, Tons of them, a uh, 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 perfectly preserved. There was an entire copy of the Old Testament. Um, but then there were all these other scrolls of writings. Uh, uh, um, that's where they found the book of Enoch. That's where they found uh, uh, first, second Maccabees. Uh, they found uh, something called 
um, uh, the book of Adam and Eve. Um, man, there, there was a, yeah, the wisdom, the wisdom of Solomon, Bell and the Dragon, the Song of the Three Hebrew Boys, um, Maccabees one and two. Wow, it was a lot. Of it, it was it, it was it was a lot of. Them. Oh, oh yeah, I said that. And so um, the Essenes are the ones that kept that um, and held on to it, uh, and I believe they held on to it because. Uh, it was such a closed community. They were very ascetic in the sense that they were they were like monks. They lived in a communal area. They actually didn't even associate with other Jews. They were a very recluse, exclusive, eccentric group of people. Um, and so uh, in, in their little world, they held on to all these scrolls and Really what it did was it helped us to date um, a lot of the Bible because it was found in these scrolls. And so, um, which a lot of people say, oh, the Bible was just, you know, copied from this. Well, when they found the ASEANs copies of the Old Testament, it really proved how old the Bible was. And um, how accurate it was because you had original copies you know, a lot of scholars talk about original sources. You want primary sources. And the Essenes, their copy of the Old Testament was a primary source because it had been basically lost um, and hidden. And once it was found, it was like, oh, my goodness. You know, our Bible is accurate because you based it off of they looked at those uh, uh, copies of it that the Essenes had. Okay. Questions, comments, concerns. What do you guys think? So would they, would those Essenes be considered scribes? Uh, no, they were considered Essenes. <laughs> you know, because they, because they didn't, they, they, they wrote the Apocrypha, but they didn't, they weren't, uh, they weren't necessarily, you know, they weren't, consi- they weren't considered scribes because they weren't a part of the tradition. I guess uh-huh. they had scribes within their tradition. That's the way I'll put it, is that they had to have people who held the position of scribe within their community. That's, okay. that's the way I'll, I'll put it. Because there was a, they, were, they had a closed community. Mm. Okay, gotcha. Were they considered rich? It says highly organized groups and held property in common. Um, not necessarily because they basically lived in these caves. Okay. In the side of mountains. They carved all these tunnels. Wow. Yeah, if you do some research on it, they carved a whole bunch of tunnels and catacombs and they were kind of like a real secret society wow. before there was a secret society. Very mysterious people, the Essenes. Yeah, Pastor, going back to the uh, Pharisees, Uh were they ever called, I mean, they were called hypocrites, right? Jesus called them hypocrites. Yeah, Jesus called them hypocrites. Okay, another name for them. (laughs) I don't think that was another name for them. 
I just think Jesus called them that because they would create their own interpretations of things and then they would hold people to that, but they weren't doing it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Any other questions, comments, concerns? Right. Y'all basically got a, a, a seminary lesson tonight. <laughs> you can say so you. Sometimes I have a question. Yes. So where did um, where would Caesar and the pharaohs fall at under all of this? So the pharaohs would be. Um, let me see. Let's go back to my timeline. So the pharaohs. I know there's a lot of see. I know there's a lot of them too. Oh, right. Okay. Okay. I see it now. Yeah. Okay. So the pharaohs would have been back there in Genesis Exodus area, right? Uh-huh. And the Caesars would have been here where the gospels are and forward. Okay. Okay. So that's where they would fall because um Caesar Augustus. Augustus Tiberius. Yeah. So Augustus yeah. would have been the one that was at the time of Jesus. Okay. I think he's the he's the one that was in power when they ordered the census. Right. I think right. it was Caesar Augustus. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. yeah. So that's where they would have started because the Romans conquered uh, the world, including Jerusalem, right around um, this area right here, right before the gospel, time of the gospel, the time of Jesus, because it was 67 BC. Okay. And so from that time forward, Rome ruled the world. All the way up to, I don't know, 1,000 A.D., 1,200 A.D. They basically ruled everything. Because the Roman Catholics, right? The Roman Catholics um, were... So the Catholics did what the Jews did in the time of the 400 years of silence. The Catholics politicized their religion. Because that's what the Pharisees did. That's what the Sadducees did. That's what all those groups are. These are religio-political parties. That's what the Roman Catholics are. They're a religio-political party. Okay. So, yeah. So that's why they got involved in the crusades. Yeah. Oh. It was political. Political. You know, but... They added in faith. We got a hand from the mazes. Okay. Mazes. Yeah, just uh, trying to clear this up in my head. So in uh, Peter, where they talk about men of old wrote as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. Yes. Those were prophets, yes. right? Not, yes. Not scribes. Yes, prophets. Okay. So scribes. I guess I just got this picture in my mind of scribes as always being these people that are writing down uh-huh. yes. scripture. But yes. they're not writing scripture. They're they're copying what was prophesied. Yes. That's what they're doing. They're just copying it down. Okay. They're they're, they're copying it down. They're they're not authoring anything. And so the prophets 
probably would have had scribes working with them. Okay. Okay. Um, to use uh, Minister Mike's analogy, scribes would be like the court reporter. So as the judge is talking and the, the trial is going on, that court reporter is just sitting there typing everything down, making sure everything's right. No, say, pause, hold on. Can you say that one more time? So they can get it down right, because they got to get it down okay. right, because this is an official transcript. Okay, so now, mm. I, now I got a question then. <laughs> Would that mean on certain level that Matthew was a scribe? Um, not necessarily, because Matthew probably dictated okay. his book. Because um, pretty much all but a few of Paul's letters, he dictated them. So Thanius, I think, did a lot of his writing for him. Um, I don't know who wrote for Peter, but he probably didn't write it because the tradition was that a scribe was designated to write. That's right. He was ignorant. Yeah. Wow. So right. that was kind of the tradition that the scribes would, you know, would write. Okay. Any other questions, comments, concerns? Did y'all get a lot? All right. Well, uh, hopefully you enjoyed it. Um, I'll probably put this on my podcast as well. So I'll post the podcast. So some of you may want to listen to it on podcast. Some of you may want the recording off of a uh, Zoom. Um, uh, but we will have a couple of versions, a couple of ways to get a hold of this. You got a, a laugh emoji and a hand clap emoji. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, would anyone like to close this out in prayer? Well, we'll 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 do the announcements after we shut off the recording. Amen. I could I could do it, Bert. Amen. Amen. Dear God, we should thank you for the day tonight, Lord. We just thank you for the information that was given to us. That was so much good stuff. God, we're just grateful that we're able to dive into the Bible. That the Bible, Lord, is not just a book written, Lord. It's your word being fulfilled that has been fulfilled and is soon to be fulfilled. And so we just thank you, Lord, that his story is not just our facts, God, but, Lord, it's actually you fulfilling what you said you would do. So I just thank you for your son. I thank you for our teacher tonight who taught so well and valiant. And, Father God, put a lot of effort in and heart and vigor. But I pray you replenish him, Father God. I pray you be able to rest well tonight. Lord, I just thank you, Lord, that we go hold on to this and that we would uh, wrestle with this and, you know, stay to our self-improvement. If we have questions, Lord, we don't have to be afraid, but to, to ask, Father God, to go deeper so we might be able to understand more. So, Lord, we just thank you and we say these things in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 All right. Well, thank you for participating. Recording stopped. Awesome job with participation. <laughs>